Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy, nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger. With me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello, hello, Trevor. Now, we're going to jump right into the games, because we know you listeners out there don't want to hear us ramble on. <laughs> You're here for the good we, stuff. We don't even the want good. to hear ourselves ramble on. No, I don't we even just, like you We very just much. have for the last half hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're going to jump right into some click picture. Trevor, do you want to tell our listening audience, what the fuck is click picture? The fuck is click picture? Click picture is a game where we each have a- No, we don't. <laughs> where one of us is going to click, get me an image on Ben's wonderful little scraper from a board panda list from quite a while ago. We're going to chuck that into a Discord channel. We'll laugh. We'll tell you all about the picture, and then we'll try to create a game design off that picture idea. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So This is pretty good. This is a, a young girl playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With maybe her her father or or grandfather. Well, I don't, I don't think it matters. It's just Doesn't a, a really relatively elderly man. Relatively elderly man in a in a dodgy looking wheelchair. Dodgy looking look wheelchair. Like a high quality one. Yeah. Um, and he's tending goal while she's like getting ready to kick it straight into his face. Yep. So I think uh, VR. I think what we 100%. have here. Oh, you think in VR? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you, who, it's, who are you playing as? Because I was the, the guy, the, the guy in the in the wheelchair. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trevor's on video waving his arms around in the air. Uh, so, all right, yeah, because I do, I do like this idea of like a soccer game with young teenage, you know, tween ages, effectively versus uh, elderly people on the other team. Mm-hmm. Is this then, yeah, a is this a mixed VR and couch co-op sort of game where one person is the goalie in a wheelchair mm-hmm. in VR and the other players are playing are- like FIFA? <laughs> <laughs> From FIFA view. <laughs> well, I think it- uh, Yes. I mean, sort of, yes. I don't think you're playing a full game of soccer. I think you're focusing it around, like, free kicks or whatever into the goal- but they might all be kicking at once or like <laughs> there are different ways to <laughs> um, effectively yeah your your the main thing is one person in VR in a wheelchair where like they physically have to move the wheelchair and turn the wheelchair by grabbing the wheels and turning them in VR while also yeah reaching and and blocking soccer balls mm-hmm I, I know for a fact that even even though, you know, this goal looks absolutely massive and therefore it's almost impossible for the um for the goalie to actually get the ones in the corner. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that if I was playing, I'd so want to aim it at the person's head because seeing a ball come flying at you, you're gonna go <laughs> Well here's the here's where I think we can wacky it up a bit. Maybe you've got like stretchy arms, so like, the faster you fling it in a direction, you'll get some momentum going on your arms and they stretch out. So, if they are going for the corner, you have to, like, 
you know, if they go for the top right corner, you have to, yeah, you have to like move your arm over to the left and then quickly move it over to the right. And it like springs out like a spring in that direction and snaps back. But you, if you get the timing right, you'll block it. You're almost doing Spider-Man sort of shing, shing, shing. Yeah, but it's, it's your whole hand and arm that's going out. Like your yep. arm is stretching. I think that'd be cool. And then if they get close enough, you can fling your arm forward and punch them in the face. <laughs> it's when they're taunting you. <laughs> yeah. You can just get them back just by taking it back and throwing your arm forward. Yeah, exactly. That's um, cool. <laughs> I don't really want to play with that mechanic in VR of like the momentum on your hands stretching it out in that way. But you've also got like, I, I think like a little um, joystick pretty much on the on the um controller itself that you can use to to move the um the wheelchair to move the m- wheelchair around but because it's on grass like your <laughs> wheels get bogged really really easily <laughs> well i still kind of like actually having to physically do that with your hands <laughs> so like you're trying to get into a direction and then a ball comes you have to like start just use one hand to block and the other hand's moving which means you start going in a circle you have to like bring yourself back again with the other hands <laughs> God. Uh, all right. I I think I think there's some. I was going to say I think that's got some legs, but that's a bit insensitive to the person in the wheelchair. So I, I think, think it's I'll, got some arms. Yes, it's got some arms. It's definitely got some long, stretchy arms. We're going to move on to our next game, though. This is a game called Click Pitch, where we each have a random word generator in front of us, and on the count of three, two, one, click. We're going to get a new word. We're going to smush them together. Into a word sandwich. Mm-hmm. Put some garlic aioli on top of that. I love shove it garlic down aioli. Your, down your throats, your listeners. Yeah, get ready for a, for a very well uh, seasoned word sandwich. Three twinkly. Revolution. Crawling. <laughs> Crawling revolution. I mean, my immediate thought was babies rising up. Yeah. I'm thinking they're in that pre-toddle stage of- Well, it's basically like Stewie Griffin trying to take over the world, but Mm -hmm. then- But, you know, he's he's a baby. So, I think this is is almost a perfect place to actually go for a a family guy tie-in. Oh, we- we- do we get the license? We get the license. Lois- that was a horrible Stewie Griffin. <laughs> Lois, Lois, I'm going to rise up. Cool whip. Whip, cool whip. <laughs> um, okay, no, we don't have to go there. We can we can just go with, like, traditional babies. Um, traditional babies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's I think- something a little bit weird about all these babies that are- are, like, they, are, they, are they super intelligent babies or are they literally just babies coordinating- So, are they baby geniuses starring- Christopher Lloyd. They are baby geniuses starring Christopher Lloyd, yes. I kind of like that idea. I kind of like the idea that maybe- So, we we take it back to the reason why they're baby geniuses is the government put a new type of fluoride into the water uh, mm-hmm. when all these women's, women were pregnant, and it turns out that it made all the babies hyper, hyper smart. They still didn't have, like, you know, still weren't able to, to communicate uh, with adults, but- it turns out they've been they've been plotting revolution between between all the babies that were born in twenty twenty or twenty nineteen. Okay, so this was only in the 
water for a little while. So it's like one generation. Yeah. It's like all babies born within like a six month period. Yeah. When, when in this area, when, the, when they started realizing, oh shit, this, this fluoride is actually changing, changing the composition of these, these babies' brains. We'll see what actually mm-hmm. happens in the future though. Okay. So they're all in this. So are they all in this one like daycare because they're being monitored? Like you, you find that out. Yeah. It's just this tiny little town. And all the babies. I kind of like the idea of you being a um, like you're just in the childcare. You're you're trying to mind all these, all these babies. Oh, I assumed they- you you would play a baby. You assumed wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I just feel like it's more fun to be the revolutionaries, but you're so you're defending somehow against, or are you helping like. Is this a I gremlin guess- situation where where you sort of ally yourself with with like um, the only good smart baby and the rest are all evil? Oh my god, are we going to go to evil babies? No, I think they all have their own like. I think they have their own personalities. We don't want to paint them all as evil, but it could be then. That, yes, that you play the adult who is allying with these babies. It's like the one baby who's learned to talk. Mm-hmm. And you can communicate with them, and then they communicate with the babies. The other babies can't talk yet, even though they're all super smart. They just yep. they haven't actually developed physically enough, <laughs> and so it it turns into like a a um you know banjo and kazooie sort of sort of game where you and the baby and in the baby Bjorn are sort of um- <laughs> yes, it's a, yes, it's a cross between banjo kazooie and Pikmin. <laughs> Where you have this the oldest baby in your in your like baby carrier, but that baby is commanding the other babies to do things yep. in on on mass as a group. But of course, I like you, that. That's you, cool. You have to you have to trust that the baby is doing what and telling the the other babies what you, what you're sort of discussing together, and that um, well. I mean, I think narratively there could be some level of of distrust there. I think gameplay-wise, you'd have to treat it somewhat like Pikmin or Overlord or whatever, where it's like, okay, I'm going to send half my massive babies over to that door and they're all going to climb on each other's shoulders to open it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, my other massive babies over here to, like, collect the balls from the ball pit so that we can throw them out there and, like, trip over a guard or whatever. Yeah, kind like of, I kind think of like, oh, I do like that. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm liking all the hijinks that you can sort of bring in. But you as an adult, you know, you're not actually doing any of this yourself. You're you're just trying to look after the babies and keep keep them away from danger sort of thing. But you're also- But uh, yes. At the same time, you're, you're getting them to do You're also utilizing them. <laughs> well, because I, like, <laughs> I like what you could play with then around what they're actually capable of. Mm-hmm. Because they're fairly slow still. This oh, isn't yeah. Pikmin or Overlord style where you send them somewhere and they're just like, like run over there and do stuff. So you have to chew, you have to be careful around your timing of, of how fast you want things to happen. Uh, I do think though that it's in sort of a smaller space. Like, I guess maybe you try to break out of this, what turns out to be a government, government testing facility that you thought was a daycare. Oh, I, I like the idea of, um, in your office, there's like a there's like a um a poster, you know, kind of like the the old kitty, you know, hang in there, 
uh, sort of thing. And you see it one day and you see, like, the eyes of the kitty are, like, <laughs> real eyes. <laughs> and then, you yeah. know, it sort of gets filled in again. And and so, you you rip down the poster and there's, like, a door behind it that you can actually, you know, make your way into a secret government facility. Mm-hmm. And the entire time that this has just been a- um. Like one of the well, I don't think you notice this though. The babies tell you. Oh yeah, the the babies tell you. But well, the baby, yeah, the one who can talk. Yeah, yeah. I think like they've already worked out. I think this starts out as you show up. You show up at the at your daycare, and as usual, like any normal daycare, you go in, take the elevator down thirty floors, and. Come out and all the babies are there ready for you to look after, right? That's how it always works. Nothing weird here. I like the idea that it's just this this tiny little, like, daycare centre set in the middle of the suburb, but there's, like, an elevator shaft from, from behind. But the thing is, I feel like you're trying to- Like, I feel like I was going down the direction that you're trying to escape now. Like, the rest of the game is, okay, how the fuck do we get out of here? Because it turns out they're- doing tests on these babies. If you can just walk out the front door and they're on the street, then I feel like that's too easy. Whereas if you're yeah, but having I, I to think make what your happens way- is like there's a lockdown that happens and like all these metal bars come down. And there's only one way out and it's through the facility. Okay, yeah, I guess that works. Yeah. I, I just I I just don't don't want to, you know, blow my uh secret government plot mo uh load too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 we never do. We never do. Okay, that's fine. So, you come in. It's a normal day at this daycare. And all of a sudden, like, alarms start blaring and, you know, big metal shutters come down. It goes completely black. The emergency lighting comes on. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And the baby's like, I knew this day would come. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? You're a baby. <laughs> I didn't know you could talk that well. Yes. <laughs> like in, in the deepest, like, Patrick Stewart voice or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, what's going on? <laughs> Why are you talking like that? Okay, so I think that there's, there's like, another couple of adults with you, but they get locked outside um, when the okay. shutters come down because they were they were out in the yard trying to- Trying to round up right. some of the some, and maybe they're the like more experienced. Yeah, you're you're sort of like and, the, and the you new don't person. know you don't know now if you can trust them. Like, are they in on this government thing? And you just haven't been let. Yeah, you know you haven't been told yet, or are they, you know, in the dark too? And yeah, maybe you come across them again later. So yeah, I think as usual as we tend to do, you know, we have some some uh, expository scenes to begin with where. You do some sort of standard daycare sort of stuff, and maybe that starts teaching the mechanics a little bit where yeah. it's like you try to tell a baby to go somewhere. <laughs> maybe you even throw like a rattle. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how you get him to do things. <laughs> to throw things and chase after. And have to keep them away from keep them away from sharps and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've got some things where because I like the fact that they, these are smart babies, but they also they're babies, so they're very yeah, they're fragile. They're still babies. <laughs> yeah, they don't actually have object permanence. No, 
<laughs> they, the they can do that. The they corner can... and they they no longer think to put down the ball or anything like <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. That's that's what they need you for. <laughs> <laughs> they just come, they'll just walk out and get fucking tranquilized or whatever. Oh fuck yeah! I, I love I love the idea that you you send them off to get something. You walk out of the room. You come back and they haven't done it because they just it got out of their sight and they <laughs> yeah they forgot you exist. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> maybe you can maybe maybe you can level up and get object permanence halfway through the game. <laughs> it's like on your tech tree. All right, I think I think that's cool, but I think let's move on. Mm-hmm. Three, two, and click. I was really trying to come up with a title for that too, and I'm no adult reply. That's true. That that was the the most titles we've ever had for our games on that. Episode without a refinery. All I could come up with was Baby's Day In. Baby's Day In. Yeah. No, got nothing. Okay. Three drunk like <laughs> Forgetfulness. Addition. Okay. I I'm picturing some sort of gameplay around things changing. Like to to sort of simulate the the character forgetting the layout of something or the position of something, mm-hmm. having that be a, a kind of both narrative and gameplay hook. Yep. I, I'm kind of, in my mind, I'm getting a never-ending story two sort of vibe and that as you do things, like, memories disappear. Okay. So- Yes. Never-ending story two a la the second half of the never-ending story book. Yeah. Which- And- you know, not a great adaptation of it, but yes. Okay. That's interesting. I feel like we've done something similar where you're losing memory, but yeah. Okay. So memories are your resource effectively. Yeah. How does that affect the gameplay or does it just affect the narrative? Um, I think it affects the narrative slash what you can, what you can physically recall. So it's almost that your, your workbook is actually fairly full when you start. And then, yeah. as you as you forget things, like those pages in the workbook in, in the notebook are, are gone now, sort of thing. It's so what's in your notebook? Your memory of of past events and and that sort of stuff. Oh, like a journal or something. Yeah. Okay. And so, if you physically can remember what was in there, you know you yes. you sort of. You don't need any of that stuff. I think it's almost like memento in the in the fact that it's sort of going. Some okay, yes. I uh, I think this is a mystery game where, and this is this would require some deft writing skills that we don't have, but we can think of the idea about having them. We can imagine having them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is a game where yeah, you've got this full sort of journal slash sketchbook of things history events but at the beginning you don't know enough about the context of them to understand how they all fit together yep but then as the game goes on and you reach certain points you start losing them but you've got the context at the same time through that particular scene yes but you're getting that context at the same time (laughs) and so you're having to like remember oh wait wasn't there a you know a picture of you know, a giant sculpture with a, some a person next to it, and maybe a name on it, and the name didn't make sense. Then, what was that name? The the difficulty will be <laughs> in the writing. 
And only well, the writing. <laughs> well, in the writing and, like, if you're doing that and literally taking that information away from them, if they don't physically remember it, like, out of game, are they just stuck? <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I think you, you only remove some, something from from the notebook when you no longer need it, but to get the full the full story into- Right. So you so you take it away almost after they've solved it. Yeah. From a puzzle standpoint, but, but from a narrative from an- standpoint, it adds context and it adds nuance. Adds nuance, it adds context, but your character physically forgets about, like, yeah. that particular thing. Like and people's names. And if, and if people then ask them who about was at an event, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of the representation of what your character remembers. Yeah. And that might have some impacts on the gameplay, even if you physically remember it. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it would be very hard to write. But I do like the idea of, yeah, the, then at the end, you know, something happens and you get all your memories back and you can flick through this notebook again and you'll go like, oh, right, that connects to this and that connects to yep. this. And you could have some really cool things. It, there, it's but- kind of like Memento in, in the fact that it's going backwards. Like you play out a scene and then, you know, it goes back to the previous one. and Sort of. I think it- and obviously, there's a strong influence here because we've both been playing it. But I think it's a little bit of Oberdin where you're getting scenes in different orders. Well, not no, not sorry. You're not getting scenes in different orders. I think you're playing through the scenes chronologically, but you're losing the memory of things in different order. Like each scene you play, you lose another memory from the past. And that's part of the narrative as well. There's mm-hmm. a reason that this character is losing memories, whether it's some sort of- you know, cognitive disease or something supernatural or whatever. It literally turns out to be that he's um, he's in the never-ending story too. It's just that- <laughs> He keeps making wishes. <laughs> it, it always happens after, after he makes a wish of, oh, I wish I could solve this. And- <laughs> it's like you, you as the game player, like there's a hint button and he just says, oh, I wish I could solve this puzzle in this video game. And then like it happens, but you lose a memory. And that's the only way to solve each puzzle. <laughs> there's no actual solution. It's just literally a game so of, of frustrating the player enough to hit the hint button, except it turns out that the hint button is the only way to solve it. And that's part of the story. <laughs> the, the hint button actually unlocks the pixel that you needed to click on. <laughs> well, I think it just gives you an answer. I think it's- Oh, yeah. Like, basically, each scene is, is unsolvable until you hit that button. And in the end, it's this whole meta thing. It's like, oh, why was I losing all my memories? It's like, because you're in a video game about losing memories. It's like, just completely roundabout. There's no actual reason. Three to one click. Yeah, okay. We're not salvaging that one from the meta whole- Erotic environment. Erotic environment. <laughs> Dick trees. <laughs> In a world with lots of phallic <laughs> imagery. <laughs> In a world where trees fuck themselves. Uh, Technically, <sighs> if, if we actually go to- um, the way that plants actually work and how, you know, bees are sort of like involved in, mm. <laughs> in their sexual pursuits sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. 
Which is how it actually happens, you oh, know? Oh, I like- know. <laughs> There's a lot of rubbing of genitalia. <laughs> genitalia. This is this is about Jenny Taylor, uh, horticulturist. <laughs> no, three, two, unclear. I don't think we're going. I don't think we're getting a game out of this concert. Cod, like Cod the fish concert. Ooh. It's a VR game, mm-hmm. and you've just got a bunch of fish. And they all make different sounds. Mm-hmm. And you just whack them <laughs> to play music. <laughs> whack a cod. <laughs> whack a cod. You just... I mean, sometimes you have to tune it. Oh, God. Throw your one click. <laughs> Had you not done that horrible pun, I was <laughs> potentially going to take it elsewhere, but no. <laughs> Garlic. Belt. Garlic belt. All right. This is some sort of vampire hunting game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're part of the um, Van Helsing line. No, I think- uh, Okay. Just to mix- Because I feel like that's the- That's too obvious. Okay. Belmont. There's a competing- No. Shut up. <laughs> There's a- New IP. Let's not rip anyone else. Buffy. There is a there is a competing family of vampire hunters who have been overshadowed by- the Van Helsings for too long. Yep. They're the winters. What's that from? I'm going opposite of summers. Oh, fuck it. No. <laughs> scuffy winters. <laughs> the opposite of, bu- of buff is to scuff something. <laughs> right? Scuffy winters. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Scuffy Winters, the last in a long line of Winters vampire hunters. And you're basically, yeah, you're trying to, like, make a name for yourself as a vampire hunter. So, I think there is this seedy underbelly of of monsters and hunting and monster hunters. Yep. Yep. Totally original IP. Totally original IP. Do, do we actually go in and joke about how these vampires don't don't sparkle? They're matte. They're completely matte. <laughs> that's how. They, that's why. That's how they survive at night so well. Is they reflect very little light. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And also, the vampire who you make friends with, his name is Matt. Yes, of course. Matt Stabbington. But for some reason, he's he's decided to go fancy and put the e on the end of Matt. Yeah. <laughs> He thinks it's like <laughs> ye oldie, ye oldie name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so he the one thing that um, has been passed down from from like Scuffy Winters' um, heritage, yep. is a garlic belt. Is the garlic belt? Yep. And I think I think she is a bit of a tech with like it's one of these situations where she's also not only is this family like the lesser kind of hunt vampire hunter family, or maybe they've fallen from grace. Maybe yep. they used to be really big. And she's like the only child of this generation. And so she's got all like, she's told about this when she turns 13, mm-hmm. she's got all these expectations, but she's like this weedy little kid. Like she's not a fighter, but one of the things she does is she, she has this 
garlic belt and she realizes, oh, she could basically make this into like a utility belt with cool gadgets and tools and stuff. And so, she's got like garlic grenades and- So, when she turned 13, did she get a bat mitzvah? Yes, because she is Jewish. I was having something else would come. <laughs> uh- <laughs> but, but, you know, she-, she- they basically say you've become a lady. Now you get to now you get to find out about like yeah. Our- so you are of age. You get to you're an adult now uh, in our tradition. And yes, you are a vampire killer. You must seek out and, and the destroy non- the nun bloods. The unbloods. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking that the reason why these vampires actually have to drink blood. Is because they actually use it, obviously, for food, mm-hmm. but their 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 body sort of starts to turn to dust as soon as they don't have enough food. So they start mm. decaying, decaying very quickly. That's, cool. That's actually, why I like the idea of them just being, yeah, just like a vampire who hasn't eaten in a while starts getting really dusty. Yeah. Like the outside of their skin and stuff. Like they'll just leave. Hence like why they're very mad. Like there's there's no there's yeah. no water in there. Like they're they're continually yeah, yeah. dry. Where are the highlights going to come from? They're very dry. Uh, uh, that's a cool. That's a cool thing because that then there's a that can tip you off. Like if you sort of if someone like shrugs their shoulders, it's, uh, it might be dandruff, or maybe they're like a vampire who hasn't had a drink in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really do, really do like the idea of of. All these vampires, they're literally just trying to go get by, but the only thing they can drink or the only thing they can stomach is is blood. Mm. But they don't mm. want to die. And so it's this it's this thing of, you know, if if there was another way, like they I'm I'm picturing that what these vampires sort of do is they go after blood banks first. And when, yeah, when they get I desperate, think, well, then and they, I think you've got different I think you've got different groups. Of vampires. Some of them are just unapologetic and they'll just attack humans and they hunt. Mm-hmm. But I think they're in the minority. I think, yes, a lot of them, there is, you know, there's sort of the vampire organizations who are trying to source blood without giving themselves away. Like, they don't want- they're still hidden. They're still- I don't think the world knows about them yep. for the most part. And surprisingly, they all seem to work in blood banks and they just skim a little off the top. Yeah. Yeah, they just get the cream off the top of the blood. Yeah, because it ter- it turns out that um, I kind of like the idea of within blood, there's you know obviously plasma and the platelets and all that sort of stuff. I yep. like the idea that it's only one particular part of the blood that they really need, so they can yeah. they can still you know send all the platelets out or something like that. But they they really need the plasma because that's the only. Well, and I think they've just yeah they've set up systems to like yeah to take what they need. Yeah, because they don't actually need to, you know, send oxygen around their body or, and, and heal wounds. They just need the, the liquid. No. Yeah, but for whatever reason that we don't have to explain, it just needs to be human blood, like specifically human blood. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, you know what it is? It's the blood of the type of being that you are, so that there's, like, vampire dogs, but they have to have dog blood. And then yeah, there's it's vampire like, rats. It's like and- organs. Like, it has to be compatible. Like, you can't just put a dog- liver in a human. No. So, um, I, I do, li- <laughs> do like the idea of this huge vampire um, commune sort of thing that you f- you mm. find out about that, like, all the animals are actually, you know, vampiric. 
The way you find it is is that people have been complaining about their cats going missing in a certain area, and you track that down to like a, you know you follow one cat that just destroyed another cat, and you find like the vampire cat is owned by a vampire owner. <laughs> and um, this whole building of vampires. I just I just had this vision of how. Uh, how vampirism can also be spread is through mosquitoes because mosquitoes obviously suck blood out of out of people. Mm. If mm. they've happened to um, try to suck blood out of a vampire who's just eaten, they can get a little bit of that blood out and transmit well, it. Well, I mean, look, we could check. Like, it could even be that that's the only way. Like, it might even be that it's this is effectively a blood-borne disease. Yep. Uh, but it's. It's spread wide enough that- Because I, I do like the idea of, of bringing these moral quandaries. The vampires have a moral quandary of how do we get enough blood to survive. Yeah. We didn't choose to effect- be like this. This is- Yeah, effectively. This is a disease. Like, and if we don't drink blood, we dust. Yeah. But then also, Scuffy Winters and her family, like, she's the first one to sort of- like. Uh, you know, all these other vampire hunters have just been killing them indiscriminately for, you know, hundreds of years. She's, like, the first one to go, wait a sec, like, what's actually going on here? Mm-hmm. These just seem to be regular people. It's just that this disease means that sunlight sets them on fire and not having human blood turns them to dust. But it, it turns out that um, if they do drink blood, then they can they can go out in the- um. They can go out in the sun for a little bit, but the sun yeah. dries them out and turns them to dust. Like, yeah, basically, what it is is it makes them their skin really absorbent of light, which is why they're so matte and dry. <laughs> because they and so sunlight, direct sunlight, is just too much. It just like heats them up to the point that evaporates they may the literally- blood and bang, they dust. Yeah. Yeah. And and for some reason, garlic has too much vitamin C or whatever, and that also happens to dry them out. <laughs> yeah, there's something in garlic that, like, bonds with the blood. And makes it toxic to them. Yeah. And it really, really sucks because, like, Matt, like, the vampire Matt, um, uh-huh. used to love Italian food with, with like, a lot of garlic. But oh, now- yeah. It fucking sucks. Yeah. They have to stick with, like, very- Bland food because people put garlic in, it, in everything. Yeah, hell, garlic naan. I mean, oh, you'd be fucked. And I mean, just just like a lot of people who are say lactose intolerant might occasionally just <laughs> deal with the discomfort. <laughs> Have you'll ha- often find vampires <laughs> who go out and you know really just go go buck wild on garlic bread and deal with <laughs> the fact that the next day they're going to need additional blood just to not dust. Okay. Can they eat normal food? Because I, I, yeah, I think they do. I think they do. I think they eat normal food. I think they still have to eat normal food. Yeah. I think the blood is always a supplement they need to survive. It's like yeah. it's a medicine. Blood is like water. Blood, yeah. blood is like yeah. water for them. They can't mm. drink water anymore. They must drink blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not the only thing they eat. Blood, no. blood is there they to still need make to- sure they don't dust. They still need to eat. They, they still- um, many of them, you know, l- limit their diets. They go vegan. Um, because who's going to eat meat without garlic? <laughs> <laughs> and also just having to drink human blood all the time. They don't want to eat meat 
otherwise puts him off. <laughs> so, 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 what's the game? What's the game? That's where that's where I was about to go. I'm I'm picturing definitely some sort of three D thing. Mm, yeah, I think it's almost a uh, like a three D event, like point click ish. Um, because but, it, but like, it does have some combat, and if you choose to go down that route, you can basically go and kill all all the other vampires, and that is one way of playing through the game. But you can also sit and talk to them and find out about well, them. Well, like, I was more thinking you've got these two- you've got these groups, right? There are the vampires who just hunt humans. Yeah. But there, there are also types of humans that go out and just hunt vampires. Yeah. Know, indiscriminately. I think there are times, and I think there are choices you can make, but I think there are times when you, yeah, you do have to get into combat because you are being attacked by these vampires who are trying to hunt and kill. Like, they also want to kill vampire killers. Like, they know your family and its history. I'm, I'm kind of getting almost a Mass Effect vibe about this. Like, it's yeah. a, um, it's a pretty cool RPG that, you know, you can go and talk to people or you can just start fights pretty much. You know, it's- well, that's cool, actually, because in Mass Effect, like, there were some attributes that went towards your speech stuff. Yeah. But most of them were around combat. Yeah. But I like that, where it can be around your tech tree of your, like, garlic and steak-based gadgetry hmm. uh, and, and that sort of thing. And then you can also have some- <laughs> Steak being um, literally, like, the beef steak. <laughs> not not steaks through the heart, because, you know, obviously- Depends it's, which it's way you gar- want to invest, <laughs> invest your stat points. <laughs> it's all about garlic. Like, if you put garlic on a steak <laughs> and feed it to them. <laughs> so that force feeding vampires garlic steak. <laughs> just a, just a nice steak with some garlic sauce. On it. <laughs> Essentially, it's just a cooking game. <laughs> Into every generation, there is one chef born who can cook the right combination of foods to kill vampires. Scuffy winters. Scuffy winters. All right, please don't think. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> Model Bummed Hmm I'm getting I'm getting very very much Zoolander vibes of Derek <laughs> <laughs> See I was thinking model Could be around like a model Plane or model ship like a A physical model that you That has been built mm-hmm. And Maybe it's one of those Models like in a museum, you know how museums will sometimes have those little like under glass, like a model of the town that you're in or a model, you know, where it's, and they try to do a very detailed scale model of the area. Yep. I'm kind of picturing that as a mechanic for like, maybe that's the map or maybe it's been destroyed and you're like trying to rebuild it or re, uh, like get the pieces of it or something like basically that your progression through this is, is indicated in this sort of scale model of the area. Okay. Yep. Uh, and so bummed is someone broke my model. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bit bummed about it. Uh, okay. As long as there is a part where a crazy professor comes in and goes, I can help you fix this by using my shrinking technology and you shrink down into the model. Into the model. Yeah. So you can actually fix it like from within sort of thing. Okay. I kind of like the idea of building or fix- Like, of building or fixing things at that scale. Yep. 
where it's like, all right, grab some sticky tape that's, you know, half the size of your body. Yeah. And stick this to that. So, this is almost perfect for VR where you've got, like, huge bits of sticky tape that you've got to, like- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that's cool. All right. All right. So, you're so, trying to so rebuild- if, you need, if you need to screw down a screw, you get this, like- you know, this tiny little screwdriver when you're big, but then when you shrink right down, you know, it's the- <laughs> you got you to use two it's hands. Two hands. <laughs> Two-handed screwdriver to, like, screw things in. Okay. This is fun because I like the idea of, like, putting in the little LEDs that trigger when you press the buttons on the outside of the model and this sort of thing. Yeah. And building that up over time. And the huge, okay. like, light globe LED things that you've- Oh, yeah. You got to yeah, make sure got, the cathode and the- <laughs> You got to, like, solder, <laughs> the wrong solder, right solder the wires to them and stuff. You've And you've just got this huge fucking- I don't know. Maybe this professor makes you a soldering gun. Yeah, but so that shrinks down with you. So, that's normal sized. Yeah, okay. Because I'm picturing that you you um, you um go near something and it's almost like a corking gun. You know, it's got the solder sort of hmm. inbuilt that you can just sort of- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, lay down some nice- uh, Connecting tissue between these different things. Yeah. Okay. So, what's the progression that, like, how do you- Because it could just be making your way through this model and fixing things or, or building it in different ways. But how do you find out what you need to build? How do you get- the, Do you need to get the materials somehow? Are you going in and out of this model? Yeah, I, I think as, as you're as you're sort of um, going in and fixing, you, you get sort of like- Your main thing is- the um the clock tower is is your main objective. Like mm-hmm. that's going to take quite a while to fix. But if you start on the outskirts of the town, you fix up, you know, the blacksmiths, and you f- and you fix up, you know, some. Are other- you having to get materials then? Is this almost a bit of a? Is this almost a bit of a not not like a full on Stardew Valley or whatever? But where like you're having to build up resources over time, and and then it's like okay to to fix. You know the the historical blacksmith on the outskirts of the town. I need you know this much tape and this much cardboard or whatever, or like you know, and it and it needs the lot. You know, it needs the re- I need a red LED for the flickering you know forge in there, and I need so I need some solder and I need some wires. Yeah, and I think you can put an order in, and then kind of like a, a first person shooter where you get a loot drop. <laughs> that's that's basically you you're going after um your stuff and while while you while you're there you're actually seeing you know what would if you were big it wouldn't really be too much of an issue but ants and like spiders and okay okay so there's a little bit of like combat or avoidance happening avoidance, while you're running yeah. around yeah i think from just like huge insects that are not harmful to you when you're big but <laughs> when you're small, like a cockroach oh, is fucking I just scary. Had a thought, I just had a thought about the resources thing. Yep. I like the idea that as you rebuild a section of the model, you're basically like the information center for this historical town or something. Mm-hmm. As you rebuild that section, tourists will come in and now they know how to go to that place and the town is making more money and now you can afford more stuff. Like, so there's a bit of a- That's where you can get a bit of a loop, uh, an economic loop yep. of- Oh, okay. I'm going to get like plus $10 per day if I rebuild the blacksmith versus, you know, $20 a day if I rebuild the candy store, but it needs more, you know, 
it needs more resources because it's got all the detailed, like, little candy fucking things on the shelves in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, in the meantime, you're, you, you are, you are tiny in here and having to avoid, avoid things. I, I like the idea of being able to look out and see the giant tourists in there. Yeah, well, and I love the idea of, thing. of being able to look up and you see the giant professor sort of looking down and going, is everything all right in there? And, you know, ah. his booming voice down and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's You cool. see him sort of reach down and drop some stuff, but he, he can't quite get close <laughs> to you. And so basically you see the huge <laughs> hand come down. The, and- yeah, when you get the loot drops, it's like, you got a delivery. And you, just this giant hand comes down and <laughs> drops it next to you. <laughs> dust pops up bursts up as it lands yeah that's cool that'd be fun i could see that being sort of just a chill builder sort of game Mm. um where but yeah you've got that economic loop where you can make some choices of what to build next and it just becomes a bit of a yeah one of those kind of enjoying seeing the progression of it as as this model comes to fruition yeah yeah that's and i i I just there's something about scale in vr that just yeah impresses me. Like if you could see like these massive beings up above that at the start of the game you saw and you were face to face and it was all mm. good, mm. and you shrink right down. How you know awe inspiring that would actually be. You know you really want to you want to fix up this thing so you can see you know what's going to happen next with all these tourists coming in and and pointing down and look at that little <laughs> land down there. <laughs> wow, the details amazing on this model. Is how are they doing that animatronics? <laughs> Going through this massive, massive fight in the middle of um, <laughs> middle of the square, and you know, there's with a fucking cockroach, cockroach or a spider or something. Just imagining, you know, other other sort of insects that are hidden throughout this thing. Yeah, well, that's it. You could just throw in so many Easter eggs and stuff too. How fucking scary would a mosquito be at oh, yeah. at that fucking size? Or a dragonfly well, or something like that. I like the idea like that. that you get, like, you can get certain power-ups or something, or, like, a certain single-use items where you just, like, call for the professor and just a giant fly swat comes down. But it damages just- buildings. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> if the- it's in the wrong spot. Yeah, good damage buildings. Yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah. Uh, I and love that game so much. There's definitely an, there's definitely a Beetlejuice uh, Easter egg where there's, like, a strip club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the cemetery, there's there's like <laughs> it's got that it's got that typical sort of um, spiky grass that's yeah. that you see in, in models quite often, yeah. and um, yeah. every all the all the um, headstones are in foam and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, well, that's it. You could do such you could do such fun stuff with the textures and with the with the art style. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I really mm. want to play this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there is a game coming out soon called Grounded. Which is you've shrunk down in a garden. It's not VR, but <sighs> see, I played the demo of it. It's I think it's coming on Game Pass. There's just something about VR and scale that I know. I every know. time that we come up with an idea for a scale game, like I'm just remembering something from very very early on where you play like little gnomes um, in a school <laughs> trying yeah. to like provide all the all the stationery and you. <laughs> I think you're getting <laughs> launched by a by a that wasn't VR though, was it? I don't think it was, but I I think I talked about it at one stage and right. You may poo pooed it, but poo poo. All right, three to one. Click. <laughs> Ooh, pawnbroker. 
Swap. What? Swap. Swap. Well, that is S-W-A-P. Swap. Yeah. I thought you said quap. No. <laughs> Which could be kind of fun as well. <laughs> <laughs> Surgeon Simulator style pawn broker game. we trying to grab the things and not break them. And <laughs> uh, No, okay. Swap. Well, I mean, yeah, that makes perfect sense for pawn broker in a way. Um, yeah. I'm kind of seeing this as um, there was a- Legend of Zelda game for uh, for the 3DS. It was a link between worlds, and uh-huh. you pretty much had all th- all the things that you could unlock throughout the game, all the- all the items mm-hmm. available almost from the very start. But you had to swap them. You could only take like one at a time. Oh, interesting. So I think we could use that idea of there are certain items within the um within the pawnbroker, but you you got to swap them. Uh, based on monetary value or something like that. So, that's fine. Yes. Uh, when you said that with The Link Between Worlds, which I haven't played, but I assume there are multiple worlds in it, um, at, at least two. Um, I- so, the worlds in it are more- um, There's a 2D world and a and a 3D world. So, okay. you, you're sort of swapping between- It's fine. I don't actually care. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I was saying is- that what oh, I no, There is like a dark the- world. Sorry. I kind of like the idea that you are, like, where every time you trade someone, you go into the other world, like, back and forth. And okay, so, yep. the way you find this out is you literally, just as a regular person, go to this pawnbroker, and there's, like, the classic kind of creepy person behind the behind the scenes. Is it like, the same creepy person things. in both worlds? I think they get a hat in one world. They have a hat. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that um, the next time you go in there, they've got a hat. But when you- when you, um, It just turns out that he likes hats. It's the same guy. He lives in <laughs> both worlds. Guy. But yeah. as as you go to swap something He just over, feels like in this world, it, it looks better with a hat. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the idea that you, you don't necessarily have the same relationships in both worlds. That- Well, and I mean, I think- it depends on how- Because I was almost thinking it's, like, a very different world. Like, you you go in, you sell- You, you know, you te- tearfully sell your grandfather's pocket watch because you just- You need the money for, like- When you said grandfather's, I didn't think pocket watch. I thought, urn. And I thought, is his well, ashes that's... in there? <laughs> <laughs> his ashes are in the pocket watch, funnily enough. Uh- <laughs> And, but, like, you walk out the door and you're, like, in a fucking demonic hell's cave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With this porn, porn shop sitting in the middle of a hill, um, you know, surrounded by lava. And you walk back and you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm the devil and you sold me something. So, you're in hell. Like, to get back, you need to sell me something else. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to, get back, to get back, you need to find these these parts and- they exist throughout hell and your your, and your planet your or and your realm. Or yeah, whatever. it doesn't have to be hell, but like some sort of alternate dimension that is. It's very different. It's it is like demonic sort of creatures, and maybe you go a bit whimsical with it, and they're not all evil, but they're all fucking. They look like demons. And then yeah, it's it's as you find these bits, you play different segments through, flipping back and forth as you like trade out items. With the pawnbroker or yep. redeem them or whatever. Uh, 
uh, yeah, I just thought that was a fun kind of narrative narrative thing. And it's a bit of a, then it's just a bit of a like action adventure kind of. I'm just it, wondering almost a whether, platformer. whether it's more the fact that as a kid, you actually stole from this pawnbroker. Okay. And, and that's the like reason, karma. like when you've come back in and you've sold like this thing back to him, mm-hmm. he's recognized who you are. And it's like just something that you you see in almost you know a um as a pre- prelude to the to the whole story you see as a kid you walk in you steal something and you sort of sneak out and then it stays oh. on the same scene and you see an older gentleman walk in and that's you sort of like you right. you've seen the guy but the guy looks the same though guy looks exactly the same yeah hasn't yeah aged we could either do that or or after the first trade you like. Do a bit of a flashback and tell that story and he explains to you, like, this is why this is happening in some way. Yeah. You fucked me over, now I'm going to fuck you. Well, it's just like, <laughs> you owe like you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be lead. Uh, dick trees. Um- <laughs> I purposely left that out too. The other, the other world is the erotic, erotic environment. That's the other dimension. Dick Find trees me everywhere. The seven dildos of the apocalypse. Why are there seven? Because there's seven layers of hell. You fuck with. Each dildo is a key to the next level. Find me the dildos of Dante. <laughs> the dildos that Dante left behind <laughs> after he was done with them. <laughs> Find the correct pocket pussy that still fits into and you shall unlock the next layer of hell. He got adventurous on this one. <laughs> this one is a dragon penis. <laughs> He went to baddragons.com. Not sponsored. <laughs> Trevor, stop reading out your bookmarks. <laughs> I'm completely lost on this. Um, <laughs> back to the actual plot and video game. Yes, I think you. Is it a God of War hack and slash? <laughs> No, uh, what I was going to say actually is I think when you're in in the the other dimension, it's like a platformer sort of thing, mm-hmm. like a 3D platformer kind of, you know, Jack and Daxter style thing. Yep. But when you're in the real world, it's more of like a point and click adventure. Like there you have to find things through solving puzzles. Mm-hmm. And in the other world, you have to solve things through kind of traditional platforming and you've got like collectibles and stuff. Yeah. Um, just to like mix it up a bit. And I feel like then- it makes sense for whichever world you're in. Like, it's the more mundane kind of problem solving in in the your original dimension, and but yeah, the, what you need in the in the other dimension is is a different set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> like just, fucking. <laughs> I just got in my head like I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> fucking taken. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see how much you can take. All right. <laughs> we'll do one more. Three to one click. Let's do one more in case we completely cut out all that dildo talk. We're not going to cut out the dildo talk. <sighs> hey, it's my fucking not lot. <laughs> Shiva. Cut shit out on you. Um, congratulations. 
Congratulations, Shiva. Yeah. You have just reached the peak of Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. So, you, you're feeling like you've achieved something, but you're also fucking cold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the connections made. And it's a game all about getting back down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and along the way, you, you see the people that, that were part of your team that have died. Yeah, they're collectibles. <laughs> <laughs> Frederick's pocket watch from his mangled corpse. <laughs> now, you've got his pocket watch because you took it off his mangled corpse on the way up. So, you need to know what time it was. On the on the way down, you collect his mangled corpse. Um, I'm picturing this as a bit of a humorous action-ish sort of game where you're just kind of sliding or rolling down this hill. Maybe it's like maybe it's like, but, a you, game but you- you've got to be very careful. You can't stop it with your hand because your fingers are literally going to break off. Because you got frostbite. <laughs> well, I'm almost pitching. I'm almost pitching. Is this a game where, as you go down this hill, it's the classic cartoonish thing of the snowball getting bigger and bigger? Mm-hmm. But you can't get too big because that gets that you're going to hit shit, hit stuff. Like it's going to be too easy to hit stuff, and so you have to find ways to like, I don't know, break it safely and start over, or like get the size of it down or something. I'm just wondering, is this like the ultimate level of steep? The thing is, you can't replay it because getting up to the top of Everest is almost impossible. It's sort of like a one and done game. <laughs> it's a one and done game. The first time you install it, you're at the very top. <laughs> Every run that you do, it deletes you. It deletes the install, and you got to reinstall it. <laughs> yeah, and then if you. So yes, every time you start a run, it's from where you left off, and when you finally get to the bottom, and look, it could take you a hundred runs. Mm-hmm. It's a big mountain, as we all know. You can never play the game again. And it's like bragging rights for how few runs it took you to get to the bottom. Yep. And also, once once one person has made it to the bottom in a single run, nobody can ever play the game again. <laughs> <laughs> First day. Shit. <laughs> yeah, you spend all this time building it. <laughs> Uh, that actually, that's a really fun idea for a game. Like, I can see doing this in a low poly procedural style, and and actually doing that. I mean, there is actually a game jam that I remember hearing about that that they make a game in like a certain amount of time. They play it at this one event, yeah. and at the end of the event, they just delete it. Yeah. Well, there's so- also a, there was an online thing. Oh, yeah. There's a. There was a project where I think they packaged up. You get a, you get like an installer, and you get one game every day for a year. Mm-hmm. But you can only play it on that day, uh, each game. And so it's yeah, it's like literally every day you get one different game that some creator has made, and that's li- it's the only time you can ever play it. Uh, so yeah, there, there are definitely things that have gone like that in the past, but uh, that could be that could be cool. Yeah, I like that. Um, right. And in the stats, it actually tells you how many fingers you broke off. Yeah. 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 How yeah. many extremities of your own, lost to how frostbite. many extremities you, you collected along the way. And yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 I like it. All right. Give me a final click picture, Trevor. 
pasted in that thing, had it. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) we have two men in a public bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's viewing one man from behind as you see his 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 khaki short covered butt p- obviously peeing into a urinal while the other man stares directly at his crotch with a really shocked look on his face. <laughs> so now, I mean I think it, it first- seems to be a shock of how big or how little. Well, or what that's not a penis. What's that in your <laughs> or like what are you peeing? That's, that's that's blood. That's that's piping hot magma. It's are a demon. A, are you a are you a, a fucking earth giant with magma piss? Three to one enter. Yeah. Okay, so we have a woman in a forest yes. throwing spaghetti. Yeah, and and like a I, chop or something. What is that? I don't know. I it, I. Looks like it could be a chop, but I also think that she's captured a bird and she's bringing it back. Oh, so she's like Edward Spaghetti Fingers. Yeah, so- um, It does kind of look like she's casting spaghetti magic out of her fingers. Yeah, kind, kind of like um, Spider spider Woman or something like that, but it's Spaghetti Woman. Um, yeah. And she, she just can fling, you know, coated spaghetti. And we're talking coated. It's coated in- in your some sort of bolognese sauce. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 al dente. It's uh it's it's sourced up. Yeah. Okay. So I, I kinda like this that it's it's not something that she's had for long. Like it's not a power that she's had her whole her whole life. It's sort no, of No, we're doing the origin story here. We're doing the yeah. origin story. She's maybe, bitten, maybe she she's got- bitten by a radioactive meatball. Well, I was thinking that she was um, accidentally dropped into a pot of like spaghetti oh. at a restaurant, you know, or, or she big got covered in, in like the big, big vat, vat they have behind yep. the scenes that they put that they serve all the bolognese up from. Yeah, and then you know she she sort of went into a coma when when she came out, like she had all these spaghetti powers. Mm-hmm. Her um, body her body soaked up all that tomato and garlic and meat based goodness. And for some reason, it only comes out of her fingers. Uh, yes, because you don't this want to sweat it like explicitly, but she does like poop that. meatballs. <laughs> it's it's never actually used in the game. It's implied a few times. <laughs> <laughs> in one cutscene, she comes out of the toilet and is like, "Do not go in there. I clogged up the toilet with meatballs." <laughs> yeah, they think it's a euphemism. <laughs> But she literally did. All right, um, this is definitely a VR game. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, being yeah, able yeah. to fling spaghetti out of your fingers in VR, dream game. Yeah. And you get hungry. And you go. you got to be very careful because, you know, obviously when it comes out of your fingers, it's still connected to you. So, she can actually control it somewhat in, in the air and then, you know, sort of- Almost like a, a scorpion, like, get over here. <laughs> oh, she can, like, pull it back if she hasn't, yep. like- That's how it. she captured that bird. <laughs> right. Um, 
I feel like it, this would be work really well with finger tracking, like on the Valve Index, because mm-hmm. then it's literally you're controlling it as it comes out of each fingertip. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of do a like thin, you know, a, a small spread where it's a, a real like hard dart of of spaghetti, or you can like create a, a a larger hand shape and spend send pasta in all directions. Yeah, and and it's all about. Um- you know, maybe this is the origin story of the Pasta Witch. Oh, God, it's the Pasta Witch. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So, at some point, you get to make a panini. Yes. Panini, just- though, but- um, or, or she starts off with spaghetti, and then she, she brings it up to a panini later on. Well, you learn, you learn different pasta types as you go. <laughs> <laughs> Endgame is like lasagna, and you just manage to sheets. fire these wow. sheets- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Midpoint is gnocchi, like gnocchi projectiles. But Does as, that we, count? as we know from the Ronnie John's half half hour, you know, gnocchi is potatoes, not pastas. Yeah, true, but you still bolognese it. If you can. Yeah, but I, I think I think um she wonders why she can't control Noki as much, and it's because it's a it's a potato based pasta. <laughs> Wait, can she also control pasta that's out there in the world? I think so. Like telekinetically. Ooh, Ooh I'm starting. I'm starting to think that you know how uh, some things in I think it was um, what was the sequel to Avatar? Korra, Legend of Korra. Yep. yep. Uh, like blood bending and all that sort of stuff. Basically, if someone's had a huge meal of pasta, you just- you can control that pasta and and puppeteer the person. Bolognese running through their veins. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I think, uh, I don't know if we've got the physics engines to really do this game justice yet in existence, but- uh, No, and and really, we we need more than just the index- uh, to do finger tracking as well. Like when Oculus um, bring out their Rift 2 or whatever. Well, again, and if, we're waiting, support it. if we're waiting for the finger, if we're waiting for the physics engines, then all VR is going to have finger tracking by that point anyway. So we're okay. Yeah. And this is tracking like, and everything. This is like five, is. 10 years down the track. Yeah. Before our Magnum Opus here can be, can be yeah. made. Origins of the past, which. Pasta Witch, colon, Origins. Love it. <laughs> Legend of the Penne Penini. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to episodes and listen to the Adel Refai episode. Thank you, Adel, for that marvellous pun. Uh, the the pun, the Penne Panini. All right. Three. No, not three to one click. We're done with the episode. <laughs> We're three, two, one, it. done. Three, two, one, done. We're going to finish it up there. Thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find the rest of our episodes, find us online, talk to us, leave a review, tell us that you that this sucked. I don't know, whatever. Tell us that it was great. Give tell us your feedback. friends that it sucked and that, but they should still listen to it. Yeah. Go to podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. You can do all of those things there. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasters uh, who do podcasts, funnily enough, around pop culture, video games, tabletop gaming, sports, or lots of stuff. So, go to apit.net, check out the Epic Collective, support those shows. They're fantastic. Do you like Australia? Do you like gaming podcasts? Well, chuck those two together and you've got the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. 
Just look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. Dick trees. Dick trees. <laughs>